Welcome to another episode of Future of Fusion. I'm your host, Brandon Tenney. Uh, so today's a lot more of an informal conversation between Ian and I. Um, basically, he came in, he said, oh, today we're doing some chemistry, and he was about to explain it, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on, hold on. And I uh, just took out my iPhone that's, and just started recording him. That's why the audio isn't as crisp or clear as normal. But this is him basically just explaining why we're doing this reaction and what we're going to do. Um, I, you guys can all check out the video I'm going to release with this, which actually shows what we did right after the actual chemistry, how we created uh, magze- <laughs> magnesium hydroxide here in the lab, and uh, just for what purpose we did it. Um, it's pretty rad. Um, definitely don't forget to rate us on iTunes and subscribe. Um, all that goes a long way. And uh, yeah, make sure you stay tuned. Thank you so much. Enjoy. So what are we doing today? Uh, so today we're going to do some chemistry. Okay. So uh, we were contacted uh, by some fellows over at uh, University of Michigan. And mm-hmm. they're trying to set up what's called the deuterium standard. And so all that deuterium is is a... Uh, sorry about that. No, you're good. Uh, all that deuterium is is a heavy isotope of hydrogen. So okay. most of the hydrogen out there, you know, 99.9 something percent just has a regular proton on it. Small percentage has a proton and a neutron on it. And we call that deuterium. Chemically, it's just like regular hydrogen, but because it has that neutron on it, it's twice as heavy as regular hydrogen is. Okay. So when you make that into water, H2O, and use deuterium, we call it heavy water because yeah. it's physically heavier than is what really? water is. Yeah, it's actually interesting. If we were to take uh, some of our uh, deuterated oxide, some of our heavy water, if we were to freeze it, that will actually will sink in regular water. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind is of that neat. like drinkable? Or? Uh, it is. You don't want to drink too much. Uh, <laughs> why? And, well, the reason why is the uh, because chemically it behaves the same as regular hydrogen does. Mm-hmm. If you were to drink that, uh, let's say that that started replacing a lot of the regular hydrogen uh, atoms inside your body. Mm-hmm. Because it's twice as massive at the same temperature. Temperature is just a measure of energy in the system. Yeah. So regular hydrogen, uh, you know, the equation for kinetic energy is one half mass times velocity squared. Well, if you have twice the mass, that means it's moving slower to have the same energy. So it's going to be moving slower at the same temperature, and because of that certain metab- uh, parts of our metabolism don't operate properly, because oh, okay. all of a sudden it's it's physically moving slower for being at the same temperature. Okay. It's it's harder to it's harder to push a train than a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. So would that mean like just taking one sip of it would you'd be, be fine? fine it would but hurt, like yeah. a gallon of it, you'd probably uh, that be would pretty sick. Oh, it'd kill you. Yeah, that would kill you. <laughs> Yeah. So, Where's the line where it's just being sick, or is it just? From I, I think being... it was something like, uh, I think it's like half a liter oh, is wow. the LD fifty. That means uh-huh. a lethal dose for fifty percent of humans that would drink it. Okay. So, but yeah, there's a. You can have tiny amounts, and it's totally okay because you have deuterium in your body right now. It's like point zero one six percent of all hydrogen in your body. So it does naturally occur sometimes. It naturally occurs, but our bodies are used to having just that point zero one six percent. Yeah. If it had like ninety nine percent, that might be a bit of a problem. Okay. Make it heavier too. So what are we doing? So what we're doing is uh, deuterium has unique nuclear properties compared to regular hydrogen. And so because of that, a lot of people use deuterium when they're trying to do measurements with particle accelerators because it's so reactive. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to do that, what these guys are doing is they have this uh, silicon wafer, and they're impregnating it with deuterium. 
And then they want to go in afterwards and they want to measure how much deuterium they actually managed to implant inside that silicon wafer. Well, what, what do you mean wafer? Uh, so, oops, I got to take it. Alright, so what did you mean by silicon wafer? So that's something that's really common in science. Mm -hmm. uh, silicon has really good properties. We're really good at getting like very specific properties that we know extremely well with silicon. Mm -hmm. And so uh, scientists like using it for all kinds of different experiments. It's just kind of, it, it's like a standard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if you're going to use a wafer of some sort, 99% of the time it's going to be silicon. What do you mean by a wafer? <laughs> so a wafer uh, could be a couple of different things, but usually what it is, it's uh, what's called a single crystal of silicone, which oh, okay. means that if you zoom into that with a really powerful microscope, what you're going to find is uh, the atoms are perfectly ordered for the most part oh, entirely okay. throughout. Whereas like most metals, like, you know, like let's say, and where's like let's say we took that filing cabinet over there yeah if we scratch the paint off on it and if we polish it up really good we put underneath a good optical microscope we'd see it's made up of a whole bunch of, of, of crystals a whole yeah. bunch of grains whereas these silicon wafers are typically just one grain which is okay. uh really hard to do but we've gotten really good at it because of computers mm -hmm. we need these perfect single crystals in order to make or, or to make like cpus and other stuff so uh, but yes, yeah, so they have the silicon wafer. They're putting deuterium into this thing, and then uh, they need to measure how much deuterium's in there. Well, the best way to measure it is is uh, if they have what's called a standard that has a known concentration of deuterium in it, and that they fire their accelerator at it, and then they bloop spin that thing down, and then their sample comes in, and then they can look at the ratio between the number of reactions that they get on each one. And they can use that to calculate exactly how many deuterium atoms are inside their silicon wafer, or to extremely high precision. Okay, so using the heavy water, you see how much was already in there between. Well, with? you can't use heavy water. That's okay. the problem. So this is uh, in what's called UHV, which stands for ultra high vacuum. And so uh, ultra high vacuum is like 10 to the minus 8 torr. Uh, to put that number into perspective, uh, th this is a measure of pressure. Mm -hmm. And so, like, right now, we're in atmospheric pressure. Yeah, one so, ATM. Yeah, one, one ATM, one atmosphere, which is about 14.6 pounds per square inch. So every square inch of your body has 14.6 pounds pressing on it. Yeah. Because uh, of the volume of air between us and, and 100 kilometers straight up, you know, that actually adds up to a significant amount of mass. Yeah. And so uh, that, that pressure you want to get rid of, because if you have air inside your chamber where you're doing your reactions, it's going to interact with air molecules and give you false readings. Okay. So we want to pump that down as low as we can possibly get it. Well, the problem is when you have a vacuum, if you put water in a vacuum, it boils at room temperature. Mm. And so uh, that boiling, then you don't have a vacuum because you have water vapor coming yeah. off of your sample. So uh, that gets really tricky. You can turn it into ice. That's something that people do, and they use what's called a cold finger to try and keep it cold. But then that does what's called sublimation in the vacuum, which is where water molecules will still come off. Yeah, that's so from like, when something goes from a solid directly into a vapor. It, into a vapor, that's exactly yeah. right. Wow, hey, you got skills. <laughs> you knew. My eighth grade chemistry is paying back. off. So <laughs> the uh, uh, so the idea is uh, with the sub. It's like you know if you look at the. You make ice cubes, and you and you have them in the ice cube tray. If they sit in there for several months, all of a sudden it's like they're half the size. Yeah. Because they're sublimating. Well, under vacuum, that happens much, much faster. Yeah. And it takes very little uh, sublimation to contaminate your chamber. Mm -hmm. So so you can't do that. So what we have to do is uh, 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 we're like, well, let's come up with something where we have a solid material that has deuterium in it uh, that these guys can use. 
that has a known isotopic concentration of deuterium. And the way how we do that is, is that we control all the reactions that have the hydrogen, because then we, because we know the isotopic concentration of our deuterium, and so therefore we'll know the isotopic concentration of the completed standard. Okay. Because we control everything all the way throughout. Now what we're doing today is we're not working with the expensive deuterium, because that's a thousand dollars a liter. Mm -hmm. So we're not messing with that stuff. Uh, we're also not using high-grade uh, uh, chem chemicals today either. So it's like we're using magnesium chloride, calcium oxide, and sodium hydroxide. The magnesium chloride and the calcium oxide I bought from a local chemistry supply store, it's the lowest grade stuff they have because that's the cheapest. Mm -hmm. We're just demonstrating the chemistry just to make sure that everything goes as planned. Uh, and then once, you know, the sodium hydroxide we got, I got from the hardware store. Okay. It's drain cleaner. Yeah. And, you know, so if you get like 100% lye, that's sodium hydroxide. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like we wouldn't use that for the uh, the final standard, but it works fine for us just to try making it, make sure that our chemistry is right and everything, you know, and everything's going to work out. But the chemistry is really straightforward, so I'd be mm -hmm. really surprised that this isn't going to work. So did they call you? Was it an email? Like, who, who reached out to you? It's part of what's you? called the uh, SNEAP form, and I forget what the acronym stands for, but it's basically a lot of people that are uh, that have particle accelerators, mm -hmm. whether in private sector, uh, whether they're in the industry, or they're at a university. Uh, it's something where we can all chat with each other. Okay. And if somebody has is having a difficult time trying to solve a problem, then they say, hey, you know, this, I they really need this. They there. post it. Yeah, they post okay. this thread. I, I get it as an email, like when a question like that comes up. And and if you can help out, then yeah, you go ahead and do it. Because there's going to be times down the road, we're going to need stuff. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, that's out of our field of expertise. And the thing about guys that run particle accelerators is, uh, you know, it's like, if, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. If you have a particle accelerator, you want to use that to solve all the problems. <laughs> and so, the, you know, the, right now their technique is, it's like, they're, they're trying to solve this deuterium problem by making a standard using the particle accelerator. And it's just like, that's a really bad idea. Let's just yeah. use, let's go with good old chemistry. Yeah. And, and we'll just make this happen. Mm -hmm. So uh, today we're going to make two different kinds of standards. Uh, these are, like I said, they're just prototypes, just tests, and we're not actually going to use these, although we are going to use them for something else, too. We have two uses for these, which is also super handy. Okay. So uh, we're going to make a, a, a magnesium hydroxide, we're going to make a calcium hydroxide. And so what that means is you're going to have, uh, for the magnesium hydroxide that has one magnesium atom, for two hydroxide uh, 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 anions, which is basically, it's just oxygen and hydrogen. And so uh, what's nice about magnesium hydroxide is uh, it doesn't absorb moisture. Okay. And so that means that if we make this standard form... Which is exactly what they're looking for based yeah. on that vacuum you're describing. Because well, the, the vacuum, for one, because mm -hmm. so, you have concern about water vapor getting inside silicone. there. The other one is what's water made of? Um, H2O. H2O. Yeah, carbon H2, yeah. yeah. So you have hydrogen in there. So if it soaks up water from the air then your standard's no longer accurate. Yeah. Because it now has regular plain hydrogen on the inside. So we, we don't want it, so it's bad for the vacuum, and your standard's now no longer as good. So you want something that's not gonna absorb moisture from the air, but still so water and nitrogen and all that will get trapped inside, because this is porous. This mm -hmm. It's a ceramic that we're making, basically. So uh, what we'll do is, after we press it and we get it all dried out, then we're gonna take it and go get it, uh, we're gonna do what's called sputtering on it, we're gonna put gold on it. Okay. But a really thin layer. It's only going to be a couple of ten, tens of nanometers thick. That's it. You'll barely, you know, it's like, we'll put on enough gold where you can just barely start seeing that sheen of gold mm -hmm. on the outside. So it'll look like a gold coin. So that will negate its porousness. Uh, that, so that way nothing can get through that gold barrier. Because okay. gold doesn't react with anything. And okay. if you sputter it on, it's a nice, smooth, even layer. Mm -hmm. And 
it, and, but it's going to be going on thin enough where uh, for their uh, activation analysis, the gold's not going to affect okay. uh, the reading. So it's just to a strong enough barrier, but just enough of a weak enough That's barrier right. it's like for an, their purposes. Like an M&M. Okay. Yeah, there you go. It won't melt in your mouth, guaranteed. There you go. Yeah. Alrighty. All righty. Sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go do some chemistry. Thanks, you guys, for listening to that. Uh, make sure you check out the video that accompanies this podcast. Uh, we're going to be posting that on our YouTube page, on our Facebook, on our Instagram, on Twitter, on all of it. Just look up Future of Fusion. You should see it. Um, and that's where we actually do this experiment that uh, Ian is describing. And, yeah, it's super rad. Definitely check it out. Thanks, you guys, for uh, tuning in.